I made a careful search of my tiny chambers before cleaning up and again crawling into the deliciously comfortable bed. I didn't find any peepholes or slits in the walls, just a fresh set of clothes hanging in the wardrobe. It wasn't unreasonable for the captain of the guard to talk to one of the most influential Leonori, but he'd made such a big deal about rumours, I found it irritating that an entire day hadn't gone by before he'd blabbed. Quill and I had lingered over the letters after Elia had gone to bed. He sifted through them over and over, and I told him everything Gallo had told me. Gallo hadn't said anything about the young empire to the north beyond Angareth's desire to remain independent, but when I closed my eyes, I could almost feel its borders, far north and east, like an old sadness lingering at the back of my mind. It took longer than I wanted to fall asleep, and when I woke in the morning, my fingers were curled around the hilts of Shihar and Azad. I itched for a fight, but had to content myself with stretches before I dressed for the day. The clothes were the same cut as the day prior, but a deep purple. I had just finished applying generous coal to my eyes when Gallo arrived in the same purple clothes and applied the white streak across my cheeks to match hers. Another morning of audiences before we spent the afternoon preparing for the trip to Gar Morwen. Gallo, I said, as soon as she was putting the white paint away, how did you know I used the Velabin salute? I have never saluted the Countess in that fashion. A faint red flush tinged her cheeks and she straightened her back, tucking the paint case into a pocket. It's my business to know. I arched my brow. The Captain of the Guard reports to you. Only when he's been shut up in the chambers of one of the Leonyodi, retorted Gallo with more bite than I expected. I recoiled a bit. Gallo. It was as unsettling as calming a spooked horse you'd previously found unshakable. Captain Druskin insisted on testing my fighting skill. I insisted on not being the only Leonori to train with him in the yard because I'm supposed to blend in. Sparring with the door open would have been worse. Yes, Gallo sniffed. I'm aware. She pushed the bedroom door open, and I followed her out, wondering what in Seraphis Quill had gotten me into. We were almost to the kitchens before I felt Gallo's hackles lower. The kitchen was a long, bustling room with a stone floor and a ceiling of wooden beams. Pots, pans, and drying herbs hung from the beams, and a long wooden table filled the whole center of the room. A fireplace flanked by a company of stone ovens took an entire wall. A doorway led to the another kitchen on the other side of the fireplace. Servants were everywhere, either eating at the long table or tending the fires or chopping or stirring. The scent of onions and herbs tickled my nose. Three Leonori, also clad in purple, were just finishing their breakfast at the table. I recognized two of them as having been with us in the hall yesterday. Both brunettes. The brown-eyed one was Brel, who had said Iliotea was handsome, and the blue-eyed one was Carolia. I did not know the third, who had black hair and was bent over a ledger, with a pile of papers and her half-finished breakfast beside her. 
Good morning, said Gallo, brightly, as if she hadn't steamed at me the whole way down here. Gallo, smiled Brel as she stood up. Carolia and I were just about to go to the hall to make sure everything is ready for the last of the audiences. Perfect, Gallo sat at the table, and I slipped onto the bench across from her. Carolia looked at me as she stood up. How are you feeling after your first day of standing? I'm well. I gave her a small smile. I probably looked tired, but it was due more to fitful sleep than the prior day's duties. Carolia reached over and squeezed my hand. You'll get used to it. The first week is the hardest. She looked to Gallo. Gallo? I'll see you in the hall, replied Gallo in acknowledgement. As soon as Brel and Carolia walked away, a servant placed bowls of white mush in front of us. Gallo bowed her head, and I followed suit before digging in. I did not love the white mush, though. It was rich in onion and bacon flavors for some mysterious reason. It was food, so I ate it. Hadella, Gallo turned to the remaining Leonard, how are preparations for the journey? Hadella's head snapped up as if she hadn't even noticed we were here. Gallo, good morning. Her eyes shifted to me. Zephra, is it? Good to see you. Good morning, I replied. These are the accounts from yesterday. I've been working on them since the audiences ended yesterday. <sighs> Adela sighed heavily. It's always this way before a long journey. Everything has to be done ahead of time, and then new work appears where there wasn't any. Are there normally gifts when she holds audience days? I asked, making myself start another bite of mush. Now, Adela took a quick bite of her own food before turning back to the ledger. Tribute is in the fall. This, this is sentiment. Gallo, put in. These are wedding gifts. They are proper. They are, said Adela, making a little mark in the book. But I have a great many letters to write this morning once I'm done here, and before I review the steward's preparations for the journey to Garmorwen. If you wouldn't mind... Of course. Gallo shifted so she was turned slightly away from Hadella, signifying just how much she wasn't going to interrupt the Leonard's work. Hadella runs most of the day-to-day -day for Woon Ravenwell, Gallo explained. Brel has a gift for languages, Corolia understands farming and the needs of the earth. Each of us has a particular role to play for the Countess. What's yours? I asked, before I could evaluate if that was a safe question. I manage the Leonori, answered Gallo. I make sure the Countess has everything she needs. Her eyes flicked at me. I'm in charge of you. I swallowed the last of my mush in a final effort and flashed her a smile. Lucky you. I tipped my head at Hadella. What letters is she writing? One of the reasons the Countess is so loved. They are letters of thanks for the gifts. Normally it the time of tribute, she sends one letter to each town. On good years, there is a gift with it of some sort, usually a cask of something intended for the Festival of Lights. But when even a lowborn family brings her a gift, she sends a letter saying thank you. Leonard's face softened. Even those who cannot read treasure her letters. What lord bothers to say thank you for his due? <laughs>